Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It is Monday, March 16th, 2020. I am your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. A lot to discuss today here on our show. Lots of news. It sounds as though, at the time of recording at least, the NFL is still planning to go forward with free agency on its regular schedule. Again, that's at the time of recording which means that the legal tampering period is set to begin around, well, it's not not around, at noon Eastern time today. And that is the first time teams can speak with players who are not their own free agents, players who are set to become free agents, but on another team. And you may be wondering why it's called the legal tampering period. Well, in the NFL, it's illegal to speak with players on another team about potentially signing them as a free agent. It's called tampering, and it's something teams get fined for. In extreme cases, teams may get stripped of draft picks for it. It's a big deal. You can't do that. In fact, you can't even discuss it in the media. If You could get, you could get in trouble if you say, in fact, you may remember a couple of years ago, the Jets actually got fined because when Darrell Rivas was in New England, Woody Johnson made a comment in a press conference about Darrell Rivas, you can't even say we'd love to have that guy on our team if he's on another team. If he's tec- technically on another team. You get you could get fined. You could get stripped of draft picks. The NFL has decided that even though the new league year does not officially begin until Wednesday, and that's when players become free agents. That's when, say, Robbie Anderson will no longer be a member of the New York Jets because the new league year means that his contract is fully expired. These contracts don't expi- don't technically expire until the new league year begins. But the league has decided that the last two days of the league year, the last two days of your contract, even though you're technically part of a team, other teams can talk with you. And that would normally be considered tampering, but the league allows it. Now, why did the, why does the league allow this? I think this I think 2013 was the first year where they had the quote-unquote legal tampering period. And the explanation the NFL gave was that teams were tampering anyway ahead of free agency. Now, you might be asking, well, if teams were breaking the rules, why didn't the NFL step in and punish these teams? Why did they just allow teams to, to break the rules? Why did they say, well, teams are breaking the rules, so we'll just allow it? That's a great question. I'd love the answer to that. I have no idea. If you say that doesn't make sense, I, I'm inclined to, to agree with you. And my, my other question is that, a, I have a couple of more questions about this. Is A, does the NFL think that teams were only tampering with players two days before the start of free agency? And the follow-up question to that is, since the league has set the precedent that teams tampering will lead to the league allowing them to tamper, why, why aren't teams now tampering four or five days in advance of free agency? Because the precedent the league has given us suggests that the league will say, okay, well, now five days ahead of free agency is the legal tampering period. There's no punishment for tampering so to speak now the league tends to put out statements every now and then about how during the legal tampering period you're only allowed to talk with free agents you're not but they they try and emphasize that players and teams are not allowed to agree to terms of a deal and again that's something nobody follows and it doesn't even make sense how could you possibly follow that if you're allowed to speak with with a team as a player well eventually if you guys agree eventually if you guys like find that you have the same contract value in mind well how you can't stop somebody from agreeing to that because if you if you if you're a player and you talk with a team and you both have the same dollar amount in mind right off the bat well 
how, that means you've agreed you've already agreed to the terms of the deal so it's always one of the the oddities of the nfl calendar and it's it, the new league year which again is wednesday that's technically when teams and players are first allowed to agree to deals it's when deals are officially signed but really today is the start of free agency for all intents and purposes in reality this is the first day of the new league year because even though contracts cannot officially be signed players and teams can agree to deals now of course as we all know as we all may remember from a year ago with anthony barr sometimes if, if, if the deal is not signed every now and then a player might back out of the deal but that's the uh that's the exception to the rule of course the jets the Jets dealt with that. And, you know, I don't even want to say it hurt the Jets because in retrospect, that contract probably would not have been Bar Anthony Barr probably did the Jets a favor not signing the contract and going back to Minnesota. But that's the exception to the rule. I think today really is what starts the new league year because players and teams can talk, and that's really the essence of the players and teams can talk legally. And again, the situation remains unclear and i want to emphasize that obviously with everything that's going on in both the nation and the world and with everything that everything that's happening things can change very quickly so at the moment it sounds like the nfl is going to proceed as scheduled but again that can change at any moment in other news, and this is going to be the main focus of our show today, the NFL Players Association voted, and it was a narrow vote. I think it was something like 51% to 49%. It was very close. The, the final result, uh, you can do the math, it was uh, 1,009 yes. I'm sorry, 1,019 yes, 959 no voted to agree to the new collective bargaining agreement which will run through the year 2030 and i always throw out terms like the collective bargaining agreement and it occurs to me that maybe some people don't know what that is that's essentially the rules of the league that the players and the owners agree to and it deals with things like how much money do the players get of the league revenues and what's the salary how much of that goes to the salary cap and how are suspensions dealt with how many players can be on a roster how many players can be active on game day there are all kinds of rules and ahead a lot of these fans fans will never encounter fans won't ever care about a lot of these things but there are some pretty significant changes which we will discuss ahead here on the locked on jets podcast locked on jets podcast here on a monday over the weekend, the players narrowly voted to approve the new collective bargaining agreement. It will run through the year 2030. And the biggest takeaway is that it means we will not have a strike or a lockout. The collect the old collective bargaining agreement was set to expire after the 2020 season, which could have led to a strike or a lockout. Now the players and owners have agreed to this deal. There will not be one. Now there are several pretty significant changes within the collective bargaining agreement and like i said in the first segment of our show a lot of the changes you probably won't ever care about you you probably will never even hear about some a lot of these changes because they're so minor but there are some pretty significant changes that will drastically alter the nfl uh, among the significant changes is 
the regular season is going to move from 16 games to 17 games. This is something they've been talking about for a very long time. This has been on the table for a very long time. But there will be a 17th game for the for the NFL regular season for each team. It sounds like it's not going to go into effect this year. So it sounds like we have at least one more year of a 16-game season. And they're not, there's not a lot of news yet on how this is going to be implemented. And as you may know if you do the math it creates a bit of a dilemma because when you had 16 games that's an even number so that means you had eight home games and eight road games so now how does it work how exactly does it work when you have 17 games an odd number it probably means that unless they create a scenario where everybody plays a neutral site game where you know i don't know maybe everybody plays a london game or uh, you know, they, maybe they have internet, uh, international games or domestic neutral site games. You're going to create a scenario where some teams have nine home games, eight road games. Some teams have nine road games, eight home games. And one of these scenarios I saw thrown out is that each team will you know, alternate from year to year. One year I have nine home games. The next year I have nine road games. The next year I have nine home games. The next year I have and and so and on like that. So creates an interesting dilemma. You know, I've kind of changed my mind on this. In years past, I, I was excited about the thought of more football, but you know, I don't know. I, I think sixteen was fine. I, I can't I can't really say I'm that excited about uh, this new uh, this this new situation here with an extra game during the season. Um, also, it's, it sounds like the playoffs are going to be expanded, which I've now if I've changed my mind on an expanded regular season, I really am not a fan of the expanded playoffs. I which I mean not that it's going to do anything, but I thought the NFL had it perfect where you have your four division winners and then your two wild cards from each conference. Now we'll have seven teams in each conference, fourteen in total. Now it means two extra games on wild card weekend. It also means that the number two seed in each conference will now no longer have a bye in the first round. The two seed is going to have to play in the first round. They will play the newly created seven seed in each conference. Now, in reality, it doesn't change a lot from the standpoint that the second seed is still going to be a very coveted position because you still get a home game the second weekend of the playoffs. So, you know, I don't think you've changed the incentive as far as teams trying to get the two seed because having the home game in the divisional round still matters. It's not as big of an advantage as having the bye week and a home game, but you still do get the home game. You still get a guaranteed home game if you advance to the divisional round. So that is something. And I guess if you wanted to argue, you could also argue it puts extra emphasis on being the top seed in each conference. Although I think I still think that that was something that was really important. I still think hosting the conference championship game was really important. But now it, it puts a huge advantage because if you're the top seed in your conference and you win the divisional round, that means that you've you're faced, you not only do you get a home game, but you have only had to play one game, whereas you're p- playing an opponent who did not get a week of rest. But I'm just not a fan because I've looked, I've looked through the years, and what I see is that this is going to lead to, it seems to me like this is going to lead to, a lot of this is going to lead to eight and eight teams making the playoffs, which I, I don't love. And yeah, I guess some nine and seven teams, but nine and seven is not that good. Occasionally, there's a 10 and six team that misses the playoffs, which we remember the Jets were one of those in 2015. So it would have helped the Jets certainly that year. But overall, I think you're, you're bringing more mediocre teams into the playoffs than you are saving good teams that just had 
bad luck. You know, you're, I think you're you're probably going to end up bringing more eight and eight teams into the playoffs than you are deserving ten and six teams that would have had bad luck under a scenario where there were only uh, six spots in each conference. So I'm not a fan, but hey, what can I do? They're certainly not the biggest deal in the world that we're going to have an extra playoff spot. And heck, for a team like the Jets, where we've been waiting a decade to make the playoffs, I guess maybe I guess I can't complain about having this opportunity. Maybe it will benefit the Jets this year. Maybe the Jets get the seven seed in the AFC. Locked on Jets podcast here on a Monday, and we're going today. We're mainly going through the new collective bargaining agreement, looking at some of the changes that will take place in the NFL and. Another change is that in the beginning in 2021, there will only be three preseason games instead of four. And I got to say, this one I like because I, it always seemed like there was one week too many in the preseason. You you have like the first week. And I, I think that this is going to change the way teams approach the preseason. One thing to note is that the fourth week, which has been you know the backup bowl, the quote-unquote backup bowl between the Jets and the Eagles – Every team's going to have a bye that week, which pretty much was a bye week anyway. I think that this might change the way teams approach the preseason. It, traditionally, teams have used the third week of the preseason as their quote-unquote dress rehearsal where they game plan and play their starters into the third quarter. What I would imagine now is that probably will be the second week. You'll, you'll probably use your second game for the quote-unquote dress rehearsal because I still think you want that last week to... Play your backups because that game has been useful in teams figuring out the bottom of their roster because at the end of the preseason, you have to figure out who makes the team and who gets cut. So you play your backups. You play the the lower roster guys in that final preseason game. So my guess would be the first week of the preseason, teams will probably just try and get their players acclimated a little bit, give them a little bit of action. Week two may be the dress rehearsal, and week three will still be backups. That's just my guess, though. But I've always felt, I've kind of felt like in recent years, like there's one week too many because that's really what you need. You, you, the first week of the preseason, the starters don't really play that much anyway. In week two, they, they raise their workload a little bit. So why not just have the, the week one turn into where you see the starters a little bit, week two where they play into the third quarter, and then week three, the, the preseason. I, I don't think we need four preseason games, so heck, I, I, I'll take that one. That, that one's not bad for me. And then another interesting aspect is that the player's share of revenue goes up. So the players, under the old collective bargaining, bargaining agreement, got 47% of revenue. Under the new CBA, they get 48% of revenue. And once the league goes to 17 games, we could be looking at 48.8%. Now, these are small. This may sound small, but it's actually the league is going to grow its revenue by increasing the number of games and going up almost 2%. That's going to have a it's going to have an appreciable impact. I mean, it's not going to change everything, but I think what that is, is that's going to increase the salary cap quite a bit and that means and starting in this year's free agency it's going to change the lens through which we view free agency because the salary caps are going to go up and it when the salary caps go up well that means that teams can spend more money and that means what we view as reasonable market value for a player changes and i think again i think that begins at the start of free agency this year so, you know, what I've been saying, you know, and it's funny because I've certainly talked about, you know, what I view as a reasonable contract for a certain player. 
well, I'm going to have to change. I may have to change my, my mind a little bit because now with this new collective bargaining agreement, it might be that, you know, a, a rate that I previously saw as outrageous for a player might be reasonable within the context of salary caps going up, market value for every player is going to go up as a result. So I may have said that, you know, this amount of money would be way too much for, for this player. Well, now it might be okay because the market's changing in the NFL. So those I think are the main important points here. Uh, you know, a lot of this stuff I don't think fans care about all that much. Rosters are going to increase from 50, 53 to 55 players. Um, the On game day, there will now be 48 players eligible instead of 46. So my guess on that might be that we might kind of move back into a ter- – I think the biggest impact on that one, and this is, again, just a guess, is – We've moved to a place where a lot of NFL teams are carrying two quarterbacks just because they did not want to, they didn't feel like they could justify carrying a third quarterback because your third quarterback rarely plays. I think with two extra roster spots, is again, this is just a guess. I think maybe teams will move back to the place where they were prior to the, the 2011 CBA, uh, where most teams will probably carry a third quarter. And again, that's a guess, but I think that that might be the use for one of those roster spots. You know, a lot of teams only carry two quarterbacks now, and they, they're just willing to take the risk that they won't ever need the third quarterback. I wonder whether that, that changes now. And the number of practice squad players will also go up from 10 to 12, which, again, these are minor things. I think these are these are things that players wanted because it means more spots for players, more, more players will be able to get into the league. But that's uh, that's how it goes. So I think that's those are the key points, and I, uh, we'll see what else um, we'll see what else comes out, and what other news comes out in the days and weeks ahead. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you like our show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. I hope you have a good Monday, everybody, and we will chat again soon.